I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut me cake hole. What was that? <laughs> was, that was like that was like a butchered Aussie accent, except coming from an actual Aussie, which somehow makes it better and worse. I don't even know how you did that with your vocal cords. <laughs> that felt like a sin. <laughs> um Okay, well, I guess that's how we're starting the podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the 17th episode. I mean, I feel like that's the vibe for today, so it works. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing the 17th episode of the first season of Supernatural, titled Hell House. Jamie, what did you think? I am devastated. And saddened to tell you that it is not at all like the 2006 animated film, (laughs) Monster House. (laughs) I'm so sorry to disappoint you like this. Anywho, so what did you think about this episode? Other than that you were disappointed with it not being the same as the critically acclaimed 2006 animated film, (laughs) Monster House. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. Like, I feel like I've been, like, beating around the bush here a little bit. Yeah. I don't believe in ghosts. Right. right? Yes. But also, I do not understand the urge to go into haunted places. Really? Yeah. You don't find it interesting at all? No. I'm already anxious. So it's like, whether it's haunted or not... Yeah. ...is irrelevant. Like, I don't think it is haunted because ghosts aren't real. But also, like, I don't understand why you would put yourself in a position where you're going to be more anxious. Like, how is that enjoyable? I don't know. I find it interesting. Like, I find the whole concept of, like, ghosts and, like, the afterlife and spirits and souls, and I find it all very fascinating. And, like, different, like, theories and theologies, I guess, about what, you know, various religions and cultures over the thousands of years have thought about it so I guess for me it's just like I don't know it's like history like I've never been on like a ghost tour but I feel like there's a I don't know like an energy in some places you know when um, we went to Notre Dame before it burned down oops yeah oops <laughs> um oh no that implies that I burned <laughs> I was gonna say I was like fuck Jamie we like, were there months we've, before it we've burned got down. an alibi we were in a different country <laughs> when it burned down no. Yeah, I'm sure. That's what John Mulaney says about the death of Princess Diana. <laughs> what, that he was a child? Yeah. And in a different country. No excuse, like not we a real at... alibi. <laughs> but when we were there, like, I don't know, something about just buildings that are really old. And, like, you know that millions of people from hundreds of years ago up to now have, like, been through it and, like, marveled at the same things that you're marveling at. I don't know. There's just, like, a, a collective vibe in those kind of buildings. And I feel like the same goes for, like... Vibe check! (laughs) But, like, I feel like the same thing applies to places like, I don't know, like Alcatraz, for example, you know, or, like, like locally, like, jails, you know. It's... I have been to the old jail. Yeah. See, I've never even been there. A lot of people went as part of, like, a school trip, but I just never went. Look, I got, like, negative vibes from that place, but also, like, I don't think it's because there are spirits trapped there because ghosts aren't real. But, like, you can feel the suffering that must have happened in that place, and it's just sad. That's kind of what I mean. Like, there's, like, a collective energy of everyone who's ever existed in that space. And you can kind of feel it even though they're not there anymore. And it's not necessarily, like, a ghost. It's just, like, a 
I keep saying vibe, but it's like a lingering vibe, you know? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. See, I went with my mother because I feel like I'm painting this picture of my mum on this podcast <laughs> where I'm like, oh yeah, she showed like child me. Ghost like, whisperer. Ghost whisperer and medium and like. Jamie's mom's actually a psychic. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. My mum's actually watched the first like three or four seasons of Supernatural. Yeah. And then she stopped watching. I asked her this. I was like, because she mentioned something and I was like, you've seen Supernatural. She's like, yeah, I watched the first few seasons and then it got too religious for me and I stopped watching. She told me the same thing when I told her I was watching it. She was like, oh yeah, I used to watch that. It got too religious. And I was like, that's fair. So like, wow. My, like my mother out of context for this podcast is just, it's a thing. She's funny. I love your mom. She's hilarious. Like she's a very warm and loving person. Like, but like also she has like a bookshelf full of books about serial killers. Oh, so does my grandma. It's it's a weird upset. Like, she was, like, a true crime lady before, like, true crime ladies were a thing. I am also a true crime lady. But also, I know you, we kind of went into, like, a more serious, like, tone there. But all I can imagine is instead of, like, Sam and Dean, like, whipping out the EMF meter, they're, like, just... <laughs> they're just opening a suitcase and you're just getting out and you're just, like, mm, vibe check. <laughs> bad vibes and then you just like climb back in your suitcase and they're like well the emf meter says there's an evil spirit here so but also they do use the emf meter in this episode they do and they do like a close-up of it and did you did you see the close-up of it it's like the first half half of the episode literally it goes from like i think the two the there's two sides to it and it says where is my note? I made a note of it because it was hilarious. <laughs> it was like one side of the spectrum was okay. The other side was danger. Oh my God. It's just like On the, the EMF bushfire meter. rating. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like low risk to oh, no. extreme. I'm wrong. It, it was last episode and his, like his meter literally just said low. One side says low and the other side says danger. Well, it's like, what's the bushfire safety rating? It goes from something to like catastrophic. Yeah. But it's not even like it's, it's like the risk is never none. It's always I think like... it goes from like mild to catastrophic or something. Yeah. But like the previous episode, they do a close up of the on EMF. the EMF meter and it literally just has like, it has like a green section that says low and then you have a red section that says danger. Yeah. That's it. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Like it's, it, and it's like one of like, it's got like the, the needle sort of thing. And so it's just like yeah. a chunk is green and the other half is red. Yeah. And it's like, ghosts aren't the only thing that EF, EMF meters pick up. And they do mention that in this episode actually, because he talks about how the EMF is being fucked up by the power lines. Yeah. Which is so funny because then when we go inside the house and they see Ed and Harry, which I just want to preface this, I adore these characters. I think they are so funny. Like, I love every interaction that they have with the brothers is just pure fucking gold. The actors who play them just nail it. It's so good. It's so fucking funny. I just, I adore them. But you get this great moment when Sam and Dean are kind of playing into their like, oh, EMF, what's EMF? And they're like, oh, well, you know, and they're talking about the EMF readings when we we know because Sam and Dean have already said that the EMF doesn't mean shit because of the power lines, you know. And it's just this funny little tidbit that they sneak in there. I'm going to assume they become recurring characters 
based they, on the way you're talking about them. Yeah, they do. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, good. <laughs> they are very entertaining as characters. And I think I'm realising that I like Supernatural more when it takes itself less seriously. Yeah, when it's got the, like, comedic... Yeah, yeah. when it's, like, a horror comedy versus, like, trying to be straight-up horror. Yeah. I just think it doesn't have the sort of atmosphere that it needs to be like a serious horror show mm. and like i'm not a big fan of like serious horror anyway yeah me neither. so it's just like this case of i do think i much prefer it when it has like that sort of you know a lighter vibe with like a dark sort of undercurrent versus the other way around the other way around i think supernatural look i don't think you would expect it but they have really really strong side characters like, we had talked about Meg last episode. We've had Missouri, who is fantastic. Like, generally speaking, the, like, uh, family members of, like, you know, the victims of the week or whatever that they interact with are generally, like, pretty solid characters. Either they're, like, really entertaining or they elicit a really good emotion or they're just really interesting characters. And now we've got Ed and Harry, who are just, like, a league of their own, you know. And it's it's a shame that so many of them don't really come back either at all or very often. Their side characters are just so good. And I feel like they kind of get wasted a lot of the time, you know? While we're talking about and Harry, though. Yes. I want to talk about the like the scene where Dean and Sam go to them and they're like, you've got to shut the website down. <laughs> you know, we've got this information, but you've got to shut the website yeah. down. It's... From Ed and Harry, I was getting, like, Dean and Jordan vibes. Because, like... <sighs> You know, like, it was that case of, like, I can't remember which one's which, but the sort of underlings going, like, oh, yeah, we'll sit out the website down, and then the other one's going, no, you can't let them know that, and the other one's going, no, you can't. Yeah. And it's, like, he expresses his opinion, and then the other guy was, like, no, and then he was, like, oh, no, no. Yeah, immediately shuts it down. Yeah. Actually, it's funny that you say that. It really reminded me of uh, Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, yes. he'll say something and then Jake or, like, whoever will be like, no, and then Boyle's like, absolutely not. Oh, um, in, like, the first season, Boyle and Rosa. And yes. any time that Boyle sort of said something and Rosa, like, contradicted it, he was, like, immediately changes his tune. Tune. You know, yeah. it, that's the, like, when he's vibe like, that I got from him was, like, just season one Boyle of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it just, it did kind of remind me of, like, Dean and John and the way Dean will be, like, voicing his opinion and then John will be, like, say the opposite and then Dean suddenly like oh no the opposite now yeah <laughs> time for the opposite like yeah this is just like the comedic version this is the comedic version of that yeah and I do love Ed and Harry like just their entire like friendship dynamic is just hilarious like when they're sitting in the van and he's like panicking and he's like WWBD what would Buffy do and he's like what would Buffy do Oh, but she's so much stronger than me. And it's just... It's oh, honey, so, she's stronger than all of us. It's so funny. She is. That's not even a joke. And, like, they have so many good, like, one-liners. Like, when they, uh, they've snuck into the house, I think, for, like, the third fucking time. And Sam and Dean have got the guns because they think that they've changed the story so that he can be killed with, with guns. And, uh... They turn around and he's like, what are you trying to do? Get yourself killed? And he's like, we're just trying to get a book and movie deal, man. At least he's fucking honest, though. Like, yeah. to be fair, like, they, they say exactly what they mean nine times out of ten. Like, there's also the scene where Dean and Sam come, like, bursting out of the house and there's the ghost following right behind them. Yeah. And Ed and Harry are just, like, 
What in the Lord of, of the, the rings? rings? It was a time, you know. Also, there is a delivery of a line that I want to specifically call out while we're talking about comedic line deliveries. Yeah. When Sam's like, oh, we got it at the library. I know. <laughs> that entire scene. Oh, like, it's so I shit you not. Brilliant. Yeah. So much fun. Hilarious. That and also the first scene where they run into them at the house and they're talking about like, I know what you are. Oh yeah, what are we? <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> what gets me though is in the supernatural universe, Dean and Sam are the closest thing you get to Buffy. Yeah. And they're like praying about, it's like, basically it's Dean and Sam. Like It's funny actually. <laughs> There have been a couple of like posts going around Tumblr where it's like Buffy could do whatever scene that's like a yeah. Dean thing. And it's like, and Dean Winchester could do like whatever thing from Buffy. It's just like interchanging the two characters. And it's like, yeah, it's the same show. Yeah. You just literally swap these two. <laughs> it's fine. Like it like, works. Dean could do, oh, I'm quaking in my stylish yet affordable boots, you know. But yeah, it's a, it was a nice change of pace this episode. Yeah. I want to move on to still a a very entertaining part of the episode, but a different entertaining part of the episode, uh, which is the eyewitness accounts. The montage where they're cutting between them and they're like, it was a woman and she had blonde, black, black, red, red, brown hair. She was kicking, not moving moving at at all. all. (laughs) Like, like, it's so funny and it's so well done. And it's, oh God, like, I feel like some of the strongest episodes of Supernatural are actually like you said before, like the comedic ones. I don't know what it is. They just strike gold like every time. I think it's because they're more fun. You can have like a good time, but also like as much as this episode for me is like the lightest feeling episode so far, mm-hmm. like it's definitely the most lighthearted. Yeah. It's definitely funnier than every other episode so far in the season. Yeah. It still has like this undercurrent of like the role of belief in the supernatural yeah and like what implications that has moving forward Mm -hmm. if people can manifest things yeah essentially and i know that this was sort of like a special case and it's not like this is happening every day but also like do you remember i can't think what episode it was but we talked about uh monsters of supernatural and you mentioned that it would be interesting to like have a situation where the monster is like changes from what they expect it to be and they have to kind of adapt and like yeah. have those twists. And I said, like, have you heard about a tulpa? This is the episode that I was thinking about where it's like it's so abstract because it's not actually a, a monster. It's a manifestation of belief. And if the yeah. people's belief changes the manifestation changes. Exactly. And so this is the episode that I was thinking about. I actually didn't realise it was this early in the series. I thought it was like season two or three, which I'm realising a lot as we're watching this. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't think that started for ages yet. (laughs) I thought this particular being is fascinating. And like, you know, Dean mentions, he's like, well, you know, people believe in Santa Claus. Why aren't I getting hooked up every Christmas? And Sam, in the most iconic moment, goes... Because you're a bad person. (laughs) It's Um, like, damn, don't even try to sugarcoat it. Like, (laughs) fuck. I mean, Dean did just put itching powder in his underwear, so look. Though that scene, I'm watching the acting in that scene, and it's like, some of it's like, okay, he's clearly itchy. But then it's like, he just seems to forget that he's meant to be itchy for like (laughs) a minute or two at a time. And then like, you see it on his face as he goes, oh, fuck, I'm meant to be itchy right now. You see him remembering to be itchy. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like 
Oh, itchy, itchy, itchy. Stop to deliver my line. Yeah. Oh, I'm itchy again. It was an interesting acting choice on Jared's behalf. I mean, I think I'm finding that as I go through the series, like, there are moments and I'm just like, holy shit, that was a brilliant acting moment. It's yeah. still stuck with me, that scene in Asylum where Sam is possessed. Mm. The acting in that scene is phenomenal. Yeah. But then you watch some other scenes and you're just like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. It's so hit and miss sometimes. And, it's and like, like a single actor contains multitudes. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, like, especially, like, because they're quite young at this point. Like, mm. uh, Jared and Jensen were the ages that Sam and Dean were. So 22 and 26. So they're, like, babies. Like, Jared was younger than us. Well, he was my age. And Jensen was, like, Yikes. a little older than you. <laughs> Do you ever feel like an underachiever? Because, um, like, at 22, he was starring in a TV show. At 24, I started a podcast about a TV, TV show. show. <laughs> Look. <laughs> that's life you know everyone ends up where they're supposed to be uh um, i don't think this is where i'm supposed to be fucking rude I, you don't want to hang out with me in my bedroom at 10 50 at night on a tuesday and talk about a tv show that i love and you begrudgingly put up with <laughs> you're saying that's not what you thought you'd be when you imagined your life as a 10 year old no, as a 10-year-old, I wanted to be a window washer. You wanted to be a window washer? Yeah, like on the big skyscrapers. Like, you know how some people are afraid of heights? Like, I'm the opposite of that. I really enjoy heights. Jamie, that is so specific and so funny. Like, that is a perfectly legitimate career. But the fact that as a 10-year-old, that was your dream is so funny to me. Like, specifically, you wanted to wash the windows of skyscrapers. But no, at the age of 10, I did not think that I would be creating a podcast with one of my close friends about a TV show that I never wanted to watch. Well, sometimes that's just how life is, Jamie. Um, Speaking about kids, though, this is a sort of a segue I wasn't expecting. Same as Bloody Mary, I literally have no idea how old these side characters are supposed to be. Throughout the entire episode, they keep referring to them as kids, right? Bearing in mind that Sam is like... Early 20s, well, both of them are early 20s, but Sam is like 22, right? They keep referring to them as kids. So I'm assuming that they are younger than Sam and Dean. And they talk, like, one of them, at one point, Craig, I think his name is, who works at the record store, who, like, he kind of, like, did the whole thing. He mentions that he writes for his school paper. So I figured they were, like, 17, 18, 19. Like, because final two years of high school sort of age. That is what I think the text implies, but physically, they look like they're in uni. Like, they look like they're in their 20s. And I get it. They probably just hired 20-year-old actors to play 18-year-olds. This is not uncommon. But I don't know. I just feel like I literally was looking at these people going, how old are you supposed to be? I just literally could not figure it out. I don't know why it bothers me so much. Yeah, you... Re- look, <laughs> I get annoyed about Sam's hair, the lighting... The direction, the sound cues, the costuming, the dialogue, the exposition, (laughs) the camera angles, the shot choices. The acting. The acting, the plot twists. And you just really fixate on the age of the side (laughs) characters. I need to know. And then at like the next group of people who go into the house where that girl dies, they're playing truth or dare. I'm like, oh, also quick side note. 
men are so gross, particularly in this episode. At the very start of the episode, she's like, he's like, oh, you want to hold my hand? And she's like, yes, because she's scared. So she holds his hand and he goes, is there anything else I could hold? And then he just goes, what? When she like hits him and storms off. I'm like, don't what her. You just asked if you could grope her. What is your fucking problem? And then the people who they're playing truth or dare with, he fucking goes, you can either go in this haunted house or you can make out with me. And she's like, I'll take the homicidal ghost, thanks. And I was like, yeah, bitch, me too. Fuck but that also, guy. If somebody's not willing, if somebody is more willing to go into a haunted house than make out with you, that's a bad sign about your personality, dude. Yeah, bro, fuck. Take a good, long, hard look in the bloody mirror. Why don't you? Jesus fucking Christ. And one of the reasons why people don't want to make out with you is because you dare them to do it. Because you're clearly a gross fuck. While cool. we are sort of floating around between topics, I have a new topic of discussion that I'd like to bring to the table. Wonderful. The creepy cackling witch thing. Oh, the like, the like fisherman that he pulled the chain and he goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was like a, a witch thing, but. It sounds like a witch. It sounds like it a witch. like a fisherman. Yeah. So there are two options in this universe for that thing. Either A, they stole it from the restaurant. Yeah. Or B, they can just buy it in a normal store. <laughs> like, how did... How did it get from point A to point B? How did it get... <laughs> yeah. Did they steal it or did they buy it? I assume they stole it, but I'm like, how do you steal... <laughs> it was like, it's like the French horn in How I Met Your Mother. And he just grabs it off the wall and legs it out of the fucking restaurant. Like, is that what they did? Like, maybe... They're fucking crazy. Who knows? Who knows what these like, boys will do? It's it's a great callback to like use it again. Mm. But also, how did they get it? <laughs> fuck knows. Where the fuck do you buy a thing like that from? Probably like I was gonna say Ned's, but I guess what's the American version of Ned's? <laughs> See, because I was gonna say Kmart. I was gonna say the reject shop. Don't they have what's it called? Like the dollar store? Is that what it's called over there? Like, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Ned's cheapest chips. We have Ned's cheapest chips, the reject shop. Which hilarious name, the reject shop. I <laughs> like if you've ever thought about it. Um In today's episode of We Prove We're Australian. In today's episode of weird minor Australian retail chains. <laughs> but also like where? <laughs> I don't know, man. What will you find at Ned's? <laughs> you know, you gotta sing it. It's like what will you find at Ned's today? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part of that ad is at the very end. And they go, what will you find at Ned's, Mum? <laughs> the implication is you've gone to some guy named Ned's house and you just found your mum there. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Literally every time I hear it, I cry laughing. I'm like, who approved this? (laughs) So I'm really sorry for derailing that conversation. Oh, no, it was perfect. Never apologize for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Oh, okay. Can I try and guess your PSA? Yeah, go for it. All right. Is your PSA about finding credible resources? No. Oh, fuck. I thought I was really on the money. I was watching the episode. I actually, like, wrote it down. I was like, oh, this is what Jamie's PSA is going to be. No. It's going to be about finding credible resources and not just believing everything you read on the internet at, like, what was it? Hellhoundlair.com. Well, that is a good PSA. It is not my PSA for What's this What's your week. PSA? My PSA is don't fuck around with superglue. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Definitely like, that too. Like, that can cause serious fucking damage 
Like when he super glues Dean's hand to the like beer bottle, that can cause serious fucking damage. Like the warning labels on super glue aren't there just to like ruin your fun. Yeah. Like it's not like the terms and conditions of iTunes. You don't just not, press agree and move on. Like it is like a genuine thing that can cause real harm. I always wondered how he got the bottle off. Like, yeah. did he just smash it and then just... But, see, smashing it brings the risk of, like, embedding glass fragments in your hand. Typically, the way you would remove it is to use, like, acetone to dissolve the glue. But the issue is the acetone also damages your skin, which is why you then get the joke about how he lost, like, a centimetre of skin on his palm or whatever. Yeah, and Sam's like, I ain't touching that one with a ten-foot pole, and it's like... Yikes! Yeah, um, big yikes. <laughs> But no, so uh, yeah, don't fuck around with super glue. That's my PSA for this week. Oh, no, that's a good. That is a very good PSA. While we're on the topic of uh, the pranks that the brothers are playing through the episode, I just wanted to touch on the fact that I really love when we get to see them behave like actual siblings, you know, and just like fuck around with each other. I don't know, like you've just got to imagine like growing up on the road, like they have to entertain themselves somehow. Like they didn't have like a Nintendo Switch. They, like, I don't think John would have bought them a Game Boy. You know, they don't, they're not going to play I Spy forever. You know, you just know at some point they just started doing shit to piss each other off. Bethany. Yeah. They have really cool flip phones that probably have Snake. <laughs> I mean, not when they were, this is in 2005 they've got those. They wouldn't have had them in like 1986 or whatever. Like The Snake is fun. I remember I used to play it on my Nana's phone. Come back to Snake. <laughs> this is going to span two episodes. Yes, it's going to span two episodes. Snake um, is the greatest game of all time. All right. <laughs> I'll accept that. I just, yeah, I love that we get to see a bit of them, like, behaving, like, just fucking around. Because I feel like, obviously, like, a lot of the show is so serious. Look, I'm just going to say it. Like, they're all kind of just assholes to each other. Yeah, exactly. Siblings. <laughs> we had very different sibling like experiences then. As an adult, I lived with my sister for like a couple years. We never had that relationship, like never, ever, ever, ever. We never like played pranks on each other. We would prank each other all the time. Like we used to do this one where we'd get a like a plastic cup and you'd fill it with talcum powder and you would tape it to the external doorknob of the bedroom door. So when you turn the knob from inside the bedroom, it turns the cup upside down, dumps the contents on the floor, and then as you open the door, you walk through it and get talcum powder everywhere. It never really worked very well. (laughs) Oh, actually, one thing we did do, my brother and I just kind of like pulled pranks together. Like, I guess we did more pranks together than we did aimed at each other. So, you know when you've got like internal aircon. And you've got, like, one big intake duct. We tore up all these tissues and then threw them up to the air intake where they got stuck. And then we called my mum and we were like, Mum, Mum, Mum. She's like, what? 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 We're like, turn off the aircon. Turn off the aircon. She's like, no, it's like fucking 45 degrees outside, kids. I'm not... We're like, turn Celsius, off the... Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Yeah. Turn off the aircon. So she turns off the aircon. And me and my brother are, like, standing under the intake vent. Because we know what's going to happen. All of these bits of tissue just come floating down. And we're like, woo! We're like, yay! It's snowing! It's snowing! And my mum was like, what the fuck? <laughs> she ripped up, like, a box of tissues. Like, <laughs> it was such a waste. My mum was like, it's very cute, kids. But don't you dare fucking do it again. But no. So, 
yeah, me and my sister never pulled pranks on each other, like, or other people together. Like, we weren't really the prankster types. Oh, I do know. I love the, I love the sibling rivalry dynamic competition. Like, I just think it's really fun. It's this case of, I'm just sitting there like, your experiences are not universal. <laughs> I don't know, like, me and my sister were not that. So it's like, I can't relate, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Okay, so moving on from that. Mm-hmm. What is Dean's obsession with flamethrowers? Oh god, doesn't he love them? Just you wait until he finds a grenade launcher. Oh my god. It's low-key reminding me of um, Jason Mendoza from The Good Place. Yes. It's like, I, every time I had a problem, I, I threw, threw a Molotov cocktail at it. And they had a different problem. Yeah, boom. Different problem. I literally was going to say that about the last scene where he, well, not the last, but like, when they set the house on fire. That's exactly what went through my mind. I was like, oh my god, Jason Mendoza, The Good Place. <laughs> Yes, no, it's exactly the same, like, theory. It's like, well, we don't know what to do. Let's just try setting it on fire. Like, that works most of the time. We'll just we'll just give it a go. And you know what? It worked. <laughs> Although I love that Sam's like, like, what do you mean? You're just going to burn it down? Like, that's your solution? And, and Dean just goes, well, no one's going to go in there anymore. <laughs> and then Sam's like, and what if the story changes and the spirit can leave the house? And Dean's like, I don't know, I guess we come back. <laughs> just... But Spoiler also, like, alert, they don't. They never go back. Like, like who's going to change the story? The show just writes itself into ditches all the fucking time. What I would like to know, though, is he burns down the house, right? Uh-huh. Who owns the house? Like, surely the house has an owner. Like, obviously the owner doesn't live in the house. Hmm. But also, like... The council? Or, like, I guess in America it'd be, like, the county? Yeah. I could like, be wrong. Americans might be very cross with me, but whoever, like, the local government is, I guess, probably have... Unless it's on someone's, like, someone bought a bunch of property, like, land, yeah. and it's on it. But then in that case, a lot of people have been trespassing on their land, and maybe yeah. they should put up a fence. Like, you would have imagined that they would have tried to sell it off, because, like, you've got to remember that that wasn't a haunted house. Like, there was no tragedy attached to that house yeah. until the Craig dude fabricated a tragedy with a dude named Mordecai. By the way, that is a shitty fucking name. Why? It's What's like, wrong with it's it? It's like Craig was looking through, like, what's the creepiest early 20th century name we can think of? Mordecai. Oh, I like Am it. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong, but I don't hate it. I think it suits. Speaking of going, like, looking back in time at, at like, various things, I really like, in this episode, Sam's nerdy, like, Lore, L-O-R-E, not L-A-W, mm. side really comes out. Like, he's, like, talking... Oh, you he's mean like, he's not L-O-R-E, boy, at stanford.com.au. <laughs> he's graduated from Lore, L-A-W, to Lore, L-O-R-E. Anyway, like, I love that he's talking about all of the sigils and the symbols, and he just, like, he kind of has this, like, encyclopedia of knowledge about them. I don't know, it's, it's a quality about Sam's character that I really enjoy. As much as he kind of wanted to get away from hunting... He has such a wealth of knowledge about it that it's kind of nice when you see it, um, when you see it surface. Because, like, Dean, it's pretty obvious that he, like, knows a fair bit about hunting. Like, it's his whole life. But with Sam, it's, like, obviously now it's his whole life, but it wasn't for a long time. And so I just think it's cool when you get, like, glimpses of, like, oh, Sam knows a lot about this stuff. And not just, like, generalized stuff like, oh, salt and ghosts. It's, like, no, this particular symbol is, like, from pre-Christian era. It's an interesting layer of his character yeah. that even after so long, he still remembers so much of it. Yeah, and it's also like, I can't imagine that that's something that's come up 
like regularly so you kind of assume maybe he was like just interested and he's just done his own reading on it or you know maybe he got bored one day in the car and he's just like picked up a book and just read through it I like that we get to see Sam's knowledge because, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times. We, we hear a lot about Dean and, like, who Dean is as a person, what he likes. Even in this episode, he recognises that symbol as from, is it the Blue Oyster Cult? Is that the name of the yeah. band? Yeah, which, what a name. Yeah, very unique choice. We googled it earlier. Apparently it is, in fact, a real band. But So shout out to Blue Oyster Cult, I guess. <laughs> Do you think this episode made them more or less popular? I mean, probably well, more. I mean, we you, Googled it, so it's probably increased the Google looked, searches. When you looked it up, did you see when they were founded? What if they were founded after this episode and they were fictional at the time? And then, <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Wait, nah, they wouldn't be because Dean wouldn't reference them. Blue Oyster Cult, rock band, forms, 1967. Yeah. Okay, real bad. Not a supernatural reference. Look, you've got to check. This show is so batshit insane that... It could not be a band created in 1967. It could be a band created in like 2008 or something based on the offhand mention of Blue Oyster Cult in a yeah. single episode of Supernatural in the first season. It's actually a like, supernatural fan band that only does covers of Wayward Son and... <laughs> yeah. But like, I hate that that's even a possibility. You know what I mean? I love it. I think it's great. Fans have all sorts of ways of expressing themselves. I mean, look at us. We're doing a podcast. Uh, I mean, not that you'd... Would you call yourself a fan? I'd probably suggest not, but I would, so... (laughs) I think even if I end up liking Supernatural, I'm never going to be as batshit insane about Supernatural as you are. That's absolutely fair. I am an absurd level of batshit insane about this television show. Look, ghosts aren't real. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. Just for the people (laughs) at the back. But also, I am 100% with Dean here that I would prefer a fucking ghost over rats. Really? I don't like rats. I used to have pet rats. They're so cute. They're very smart. You can train them. You're looking at me like you're just completely bewildered. No, they're so cute. They fall asleep on your little shoulder and they just hang out. (laughs) Oh, they're so sweet. And they have little personalities. They do! (laughs) I I had a rat and I named her Amy and then my brother took one look at her and went, nah, her name's not Amy, her name's Nugums. And then that was her name because he was right. Nugums really suited her better than Amy did. So that's just what we called her. And yeah, she was she was a babe. We hung out. We used to sit and eat sunflower seeds together. I was a lonely guy. I was a lonely kid, okay? I had a pet rat and we hung out. Bethany, your you your experiences are not universal. <laughs> I swear it's not that weird. People have pet rats. It's a thing. I bought her from a pet shop. <laughs> I just, I don't like rats. Pet rats are okay. Like, I don't really, one way or the other. Like, I'm not going to get myself oh, a pet Oh, I wouldn't rat. want a wild rat in my house. That'd but also, like, that's what I mean. Like, like in the cupboard, I would prefer for it to be a ghost than a rat. Mm. You know, you if you discover a ghost in a cupboard, it's like a groundbreaking revelation. If you discover a rat in the cupboard, it's just kind of gross. You know what I mean? That's fair. I guess when you look at it that way, like one is a astounding scientific discovery and one is just a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> that we already knew existed. That's also kind of like... Shouldn't be eating your cereal, please. Yeah. Mr. Rat. But no, I don't like rats. That's... Just watch rats then, but it come after me. <laughs> wow, this episode has been like... 
This is a fifty percent of us just oversharing shit about our lives. That's fine. <laughs> like the other fifty is like vaguely relevant to supernatural. You know, I did live in a house that I reckon was haunted. I named the ghost Patrice, which in hindsight I shouldn't have done because you shouldn't give them names. But I don't know. She just seemed like a Patrice. This weird stuff would happen where, like, I would be on the other side of the house. And we had, I was staying there with my current roommate, but in a different house. And we were sitting in like the lounge room, which was a separate room to the kitchen. There was no one else in the house, no like pets, no nothing. And we heard this massive bang. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And we go into the kitchen and like the lid of our bin had, so we had one of those bins that had like a dome lid and like it had like the push flap. So you can just like drop stuff into it. And the lid had like completely come off of the bin and was like, meters away on the ground upside down and we were like how because like there was nothing in the bin that could have like pushed it off there was no like i don't know it wasn't like a build-up of gas had occurred and that's what popped it off but it like had literally popped off of the bin and traveled meters and landed upside down and we literally could not figure it out and this was like we also kept finding like we would all be out of the house and we would find like like i have a dog Obviously, you can hear him barking in a lot of the background of these podcasts, but we had his dog food inside and we would come back from work and stuff and just find dog food on the floor. But the dog could not get inside and there was no one else staying in the house. And like one time the dog food was arranged into like the shape of a dog and it was very weird. Actually, she, my roommate took a photo. She can probably find it for you if you want. What was the other? The front door had like an electric lock with like a code. Like you put a code in and it put a deadbolt into the like wall. And we would just wake up in the middle of the night and it would just be swinging open. Yeah, but electrical failures happen. Yeah, but like not every night and like nothing else was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the television stuff was turning off. It was like just the door would open by itself. But yeah, it was really weird. And um, I named her Patrice. And then I one time came home from work and when I was leaving work, I got some fortune cookies and... We, we brought, I brought three. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll appease the ghost. I'll appease Patrice and then she'll leave us the fuck alone. So I gave my fortune cookie to my roommate and I can't remember what hers was. And what we'd done is we like threw them up in the air and we were like, okay, whichever one lands the furthest away from the two of us, we'll give to Patrice, right? Just to choose who gets whose. So we opened Patrice's fortune for her and the fortune said, big energy is coming your way. Use it to your advantage. And that was creepy. And then I opened mine and mine said, never turn back. And I was like, I'm going to die. I was like, Patrice is going to fucking murder me. I was shitting myself. And like, obviously I'm alive and I'm fine and nothing happened. But my God, it was so weird. Is that why you got so weird about me summoning Bloody Mary? No, I just thought that was weird in general. But like... Patrice was weird. There was like a bunch of, like, that's only like the three things that are like coming to mind right now, but there was like a bunch of shit in that house. And yeah, we just, we named her, which we probably shouldn't have, but yeah. Maybe that's why she was fucking with you, because you didn't get her name right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, Patrice. This has been an episode where we don't really discuss the episode. To be fair, it's not an episode with a lot of, like, meat on its bones. It's just a very fun kind of It's a very fun episode. And I really enjoyed it. I will say that. Like, (laughs) we're just out here vibing, having a good time. Like, discussing, like, what we would or would not do if we were to enter a haunted house. 
this is like the Bugs episode of our podcast, <laughs> where like nothing really happens in it, but you get a, like a bunch of character development. You just get a bunch of like background lore about me and Jamie and who we are as people. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, um, I will say though that when I saw the blue oyster cults like symbol, yeah. all I could think of was Hookman. Like I don't know. It what does it does kind of look similar yeah. to the symbol from Hookman. Anyway. So I think that just about brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, Jamie, how would you rate this episode? I'm going to give it a four out of five stars. Oh! I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Not very serious at all. Didn't really give me much about, like, you know, the characters or finding dad, which they've already technically done, so the show should be over. I stand by (laughs) that point. But it was a really fun episode, and I really, like... I enjoyed watching it, which is like a change of pace. It's new for you to enjoy watching the episode. Because it's like, I'm not going to say that I hated watching the other episodes, but it's definitely sort of been like this constant thing of like, I just keep on spotting things that like vaguely annoy me in the background. But this one was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I really liked Ed and Harry as character introductions, and I'm glad to know that we see more of them in the future. They want what Sam and Dean have. But they are not prepared for what Sam and Dean have. They think they are Sam and Dean. Yes. But they're not. Not, <laughs> not even slightly. Cool. So a four out of five. That is very exciting. The next episode, so episode 18, is called Something Wicked. Do you have any any thoughts, any predictions, any anything that you would like to get out of this episode? Sorry, something wicked just triggers like the musical theatre part of my brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> I um, thought you were having like, a stroke. <laughs> wicked the musical. But no, so something wicked makes me think like maybe witchcraft. I'm definitely thinking it's something to do with witches. Okay, cool, cool, like, cool. I mean, witches in and of themselves are, I guess, like a form of supernatural beings. Do you have any idea how you'd like them like portrayed? Because that can really I have a really feeling vary. that it doesn't matter how I want them portrayed, they're not going to be portrayed that way. Yeah, probably, but, like... No, I would really like for witches, if they are introduced onto Supernatural, which I'm going to assume they are at some point, because, like, how can you make a show about the Supernatural without introducing witches at some point? Yeah. I would really like witchcraft to be something that has a real sense of history behind it, Mm. because they've imbued, like, you know, demons and that with a lot of, like, history and lore, and, like, they were talking about... Tibetan monks and the Talbot managing to manifest things through meditation and they've really given like demons and that like in Phantom Traveler they were talking about how like they think it's some sort of Japanese demon there's you know ancient history and folklore surrounding so I'm really kind of hoping that witchcraft also gets the same treatment where it's not just like oh they're a witch oh they're a witch or like they're just fucking around with like you know, a book they found that, you know, details out some, like, demon summoning rituals. Yeah. I hope that they give it, like, some sort of history and depth where it's, like, you know, passed down within families mm. and, like, it's treated with respect and history versus, like, oh, it was an angsty teenage girl who, like, accidentally summoned a demon and then died. <laughs> I mean, I would love to tell you, but that would defeat the purpose. Okay, well, if that is everything for today, you don't have any final thoughts or anything you wanted to chime in with? No. No? Wonderful. Okay. Um, in that case, if you're interested in interacting with us further, you can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I reckon you should send her some cute pictures of rats. 
Because she clearly needs to be exposed to cute pictures of rats. Okay, so change if you, her mind. If you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I think you should do the opposite. I should think you should send her disgusting pictures of rats don't, to change her mind because rats are gross. No, they're they are so precious. I swear to God, no, I'm no, no, no. They're so cute. They're so precious. Nothing you do will take away the beautiful memories I have with my pet nookums. <laughs> this podcast is off the rails. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully we'll have you back next week. Okay. See ya. Bye.